Welcome Willow Park Church and all our friends online that are joining us, not only across Canada, but around the world. We are glad that you have joined us. We want to create this space for you to engage with the Lord. And I've been trying to encourage people that when they log online, that they they switch off all other distractions. Allow this hour to be a time where God really speaks to you. That takes discipline. It takes discipline to switch off the notifications, put your phone to airplane mode, uh, not flick from one screen to another, but sit and allow the worship to minister to you. Allow it to wash over you. Allow God to open your heart. And when we step into the word, your heart is prepared to hear God's word for you. You know, scripture promises that whenever you hear a preacher, God will speak to you through those words. So why don't you even at the beginning of this time, uh, pray that God will speak to you. That's a relief for me as a preacher because sometimes you, you wonder what you're communicating, whether it really connects. But it's the Holy Spirit that connects with the heart of those that are listening. And we spend a lot of time praying that God will use this broadcast to really impact your journey and your life and where you're at. So in the living rooms and the places where you're sat in your dens or wherever you are, just alone with the Lord or with your family, prepare your heart and say, yes, Lord, I want to hear from you. Yes, Lord, I want you to speak. You know, throughout church history, pandemics have been an opportunity for the church to really dig deep into God and discover their calling and ministry again. Pandemics are not new to the church, whether it was those that hit the Roman Empire. And of course, the elite of the Roman Empire would scuttle off up into the mountains to their beautiful villas where the air was clear and everything was safe. Leaving the slaves and the normal merchants and people in the cities and the towns. Pandemics came through, people died. But Christians shone at those times. You see, in the Roman Empire, people were, they were terrified of death. There was no assurance of, of any sense of hope after death within the philosophies and the religions of the ancient gods. But here is Christianity, serving Jesus Christ who rose from the grave on the third day. And here are the Christians. They're up, they're shining, they're, they're active, they're helping in the pandemic, they're participating, they are spreading light and truth and goodness all around. So what is God teaching you? I know we've got friends in Europe that watch us, our missionaries, the Garcias and uh, our friends in the UK and in Germany and other places uh, where they're feeling particularly under pressure at the moment with the lockdowns and the tier one, tier two, tier three. What is God going to do in your heart at this moment, wherever you are, whatever you're facing? Allow the pan pandemic to pivot your faith so that you're more on fire for Jesus. That's my hope, that you go deeper, you go farther, you keep pushing in, you, you carve out time in that devotional life and you allow God to work. Well, enough from me. 
It's almost like I've preached a sermon, <laughs> but um, and a little sermon. Uh, but I want to invite now the worship band to come and lead us. Uh, Curtis and the team are going to come and lead us in worship now. And let's pray for God's presence to come. Father, thank you for the opportunity for us to worship online. And I pray, wherever we are, that the power of the Spirit will be manifest and present with everybody who connects online, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Lead us to the presence of the Lord. Hey, welcome everybody. Welcome to Willow Park Church Online. And from wherever you are, we just uh, welcome you to join us as we worship and, uh, and hear from the word. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Let's uh, start with a wonderful song here. Take away, you give and take away. My 
considerate of each other, giving each other space and maybe waiting that extra moment for that person in front of you to pick the right tomato from the bin. Some things are good. And uh, in the Bible it talks about that. It, Jesus modeled that kind of servanthood, humility, being considerate to others. In uh, Philippians, the Apostle Paul writes, uh, In your relationships with others, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death. Yeah, even death on a cross. And therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So when we're interacting with others in whatever situation, sometimes remind yourself to be a bit humble. That you're not better than the other person, but your job is to be better for the other person. Lord, we worship you. We thank you for stepping down into that place called death and then overcoming it. Light of the world. Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see. Beauty that made this heart adore. Hope of a life spent with you. So here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together lovely. All together worthy. All together.
King of all days, oh so highly exalted, glorious in sins of the world. God becoming man, obedient to death on a cross, and then defeating death once and for all. So we have hope, we have life, we have your love. God, you are holy. Nothing is beyond your power. We look at that creation and we go, wow, unimaginable. And you created it for us. Your love created everything. You're holy. You're holy. You're holy. Holy. 
shall praise thy name in earth and sky and sea. Well, thank you. Holy, holy, holy. What a way to finish. You know, I would say to you that if you've ever got a quiet moment, sit still and repeat those words over and over again. You say, Phil, really? Uh, Isn't that a bit odd? Well, if you happen to be promoted to heaven and you see what's going on in heaven... There are angels that are declaring the holiness of God continuously for eternity. So just join in with the choir of of angels and see what God does. Holy, holy, Lord God Almighty. Fabulous. A way for us to take our minds from down here to the very essence of the second and the third heaven. It's beautiful. Thank you, worship team, for that. Well, we're going to take a moment to take communion. And um, we've been um, trying to find ways to take communion as congregations and dwell groups that gather. Around 400 people gather in our different uh, spaces that we create to worship. And it's really special. And so we've got these uh, new communion cups. So if you come to a dwell gathering on the first weekend of the month... Uh, we'll be sharing communion and you uh, will be able to, um, to, to partake. And it really is lovely to, be, to look around and see 45 other believers in your dwell group uh, taking communion together. But let me remind you that the reason that we are here is because Christ gave his life for us. I can never take for granted the cost, the price that was paid from the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. 
I never stop being amazed at the, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, my Savior. I'm utterly convinced that his death opened the way for our relationship with God the Creator. Why am I convinced? Because I live it and I experience it. I know it. I know its power. I remember that moment when his cleansing power came into my life. And for the first time, all shame, all guilt, all fear was gone. Remarkable. This is the body of Christ. Father, we bless this in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We thank you that Christ's body was broken so that the power of sin and death could be broken. And therefore, defeating the works of Satan. And I thank you that you paid the price. You took the penalty. You were the sacrificial lamb. You were our substitution. And we are so thankful for the glory of God. And for Jesus Christ's death. The body of Christ. Broken for you. Eat it in remembrance of him. In the same manner he took the cup. And having poured it out, he said, this is the blood of the new covenant that takes away the sins of the world. You are clean. You are forgiven. You are made new because of the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ that takes away the sins of the world. Thanks be to God. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to go over to the Willow One News and find out all that's going on in our church. We're looking forward to our Christmas season. It's going to look different, but we're determined to create opportunities to celebrate the birth of Christ. So watch out for that and uh, be blessed by the messages that you're about to hear. Hello Willow Park Church, my name is Courtney. Whether you're joining us from church online or one of our dwell gatherings, welcome and here's your family news. Our annual general meeting is happening next Sunday, November 8th at 3 p.m. at Church at 33. If you are a voting member of our church, you are encouraged to attend in person. For everyone else, and for those who prefer to attend online, we have that option as well. If you're a member, watch your email box tomorrow for more information on how to register to attend in person. If you are 55 plus, you are invited to join us for our senior Bible study, which is happening every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. in the foyer at Church at 33. 
For more information, contact Pastor Curtis at ctolman at willowparkchurch.com or call the church office. GLOW, our youth group for grades 9 to 12, happens each Wednesday from 7 to 9 p.m. JUICE, for grades 6 to 8, happens Thursday night from 6.30 to 8 p.m. This week is care groups, and leaders will be contacting youth to let them know what they're doing. Visit cahoots.ca for more information. We are working on some fun and meaningful ways for you to spread the love of Jesus this Christmas. Watch our social media and our website as we unveil ways that you can get involved. That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service. Well, it's great to see you guys, and welcome online as you join us as well. We've got a full house this morning, and we've got people in the coffee lounge getting, uh, getting snacks. You know that if you go in the coffee lounge as a thank you, you get snacks. Um, so uh, I think there's just people who opt to go in there, but it's, uh, it's, it's lovely to see you all. And it's great to see Jared, Jared Duncan, the great returner. It's lovely to, uh, to see returning faces. Beautiful. So I just want to uh, I just want to say thank you first of all as we come to our AGM. Uh, Brad and I have been working towards getting the end of year financials, and that's what the AGM is going to be focused on. And it's just a reminder of the generosity of the church. And I, I'm blown away, especially in my role as the executive pastor, where I, I work a lot with the finances and the budget, and keep a close eye on that with the team. And it's uh, it's really humbling how generous. Uh, Willow Park Church continues to be uh, in a time when there's a lot of uncertainty. And so if you are giving or you want to give, you can do that through the app or there's a link up there if you're watching online. And, uh, and we have the box here or the Ark of the Covenant, as I like to refer to it because it's so big. Um, then we just, we just love that you are generously doing that. As, a, as one of the things, I just want to highlight what's going on uh, in, in the church. Um, last week, I asked the team... To, we did a little bit of a, an, a ministry audit. What that basically meant was I emailed the team and said, just let me know some things that are going on in your ministry areas that we can let the church family know about. Because if you ask the average person at Willow Park, who's part of the church family, all that they would be able to communicate as to what the church is doing is something that they've had direct connection with. And so it's not necessarily easy to know everything else that's going on. And so they sent back some of these stats and figures. I was absolutely blown away with what is going on. So we've compiled it into a video, and we'll be showing that next week, and it's, it's truly amazing. So we think about this morning, we just had the uh, young people, uh, leaders in worship, did an amazing job. We've got grade 11 and two grade 10s leading us in worship. My son is preaching in just a second, but that's a mark of 
the youth ministry that Willow Park Church has. So to give you an idea, right now, every other week, we have roughly 300 uh, junior and senior high young people meeting at the church in groups of 50 in the cohorts. Just imagine the work that goes into making sure that happens safely, and it is safely. Then we have 35 care groups. We've trained 101 youth leaders this year. Um, that's just one area, and, the, and the, the product, the result, the fruit, if you want to be spiritual about it, is young people leading us in worship. Uh, it's amazing. I think about the children's ministry. They've produced 700, over 780 packages for families uh, that have been sent out through the mail and hand-delivered as far as Peachland, and one was even posted down to Surrey, B.C. Over 780 packages, activity, church in a box, they call it, which is brilliant. Uh, over 600 families have been personally contacted. So when you think, oh, church isn't doing very much, far from it. It is mental crazy. Like, seriously, we're doing so much stuff, and, uh, and I'm just so proud. So as you give, know that you're giving, and there's a lot more, and we'll share more next week. You're giving to an amazing work, um, and I'm so proud of the team and for everybody who's involved, and for you, our church family, who are just generously giving towards that. So in, the, in one of the things that I want to highlight this morning, I'm going to hand over to Luke, um, is this. This is not my new purse. Um, it's about 30 pound in weight, so I'm just going to work on my shoulders a little bit. This is uh, an art package that has been produced by the South Art Project. And so many of you know what the South Art Project is, and, and I'd love to go into great detail. You can go to willowpartchurch.com slash soap, S-O-A-P, and there's a, there's a page there that tells you what the, the, this ministry is all about. Really, very quickly, they serve, amongst other things, uh, now Canada, which is, a, which, is a, um, which is an organization that helps uh, women who are vulnerable, who have been through some tough stuff in life, and, and it's an amazing connection that they've built up from the art project to now Canada. And these, art, these, these bags are basically, oh, let me grab it again, these are materials um, put together so that they can be delivered to some of these ladies who would never be able to afford anything like this. And this is, enables the Ministry of South Art Project to connect with them through Zoom even sometimes for them to be able to do art. And uh, for those of you who love art and craft, you know how therapeutic and cathartic art is and spiritual. It's wonderful. If you want to help give towards producing these, then you can do that through the webpage, willapartchurch.com slash soap. We've got a giving there, and you can actually sponsor some of these bags, and uh, I would really encourage you to do that. Okay, so I'm going to stop talking, um, so, and I'm going to hand over to my son, Luke. Let's give Luke a round of applause. And uh, looking forward to hearing what he has to share. Are you all buckled up and good I to go? I think so. My mic's all working. Right. Nice. Okay. Sweet. No, I already have one. Anymore. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, good morning, everybody. I'm Luke. I'm a ministry assistant and drummer and worship leader, and I just do whatever I can to serve you guys. And I love this church. I love being a part of it. And I love when I get to be able to uh, to speak to. It's one of my favorite things to do is to be able to talk about the Lord and what he's given us and who he is and, and how we can learn about more about him. And if you've been listening to uh, my dad's sermons, you'll know that we've been going through spiritual disciplines. So we've been talking about memorization and meditation and Sabbath and how that's kind of just like 
just the best thing ever, Sabbath is, and, uh, and just more things like that, and that, things that help us to know God more and help us to rest and help us to, to in our walk with Jesus. And, and I get the, uh, the privilege to talk about fasting today. So fasting for me, my main experience with it is actually last year at, for Lent, I gave up, for 40 days, I gave up coffee, which is like, I don't recommend it. Don't do it. Because um, I was so cranky for 40 days. All I thought about, yeah, seriously, honestly, ask anybody who's close by. When I say that, oh, I'm going to fast coffee, everybody's face just like drops and everybody's upset and everybody's like, because I just get all moody and grumpy. And so it was 40 days of me feeling moody and grumpy. And and it was just so, it was so difficult because every day I'd just be like, I can't wait until I have a cup of coffee. You know, that 40th, like 41st day, take a sip, maybe make a latte, really, you know, I was like, all I was thinking about was the next cup of coffee I was going to get, and that's kind of like, that's my main experience with fasting, and it doesn't, like, it's not fun, it wasn't, it didn't do anything for me, I felt like, it was just kind of, I didn't drink coffee for 40 days, and it wasn't very, you know, not a lot happened, and it was just, I was grumpy, and so I feel like this is kind of like where a lot of us would fall into with, with fasting, like, we don't really know what it's for. We don't really know why it's important or, or how to do it or why Jesus says his disciples will fast and when you fast. And, and so I think we're all in the same boat of we don't really understand what this is about. And that was for sure me before preparing this sermon. Like I have no clue. I was just, so I'll give something up and then, you know, what next? Like, is it just supposed to make you sad and miserable and cranky and, you know, because that's what I, that's what I experienced. And, and so before I say anything else, I just want to recommend a book for you that I learned everything in this sermon, like obviously the Bible, you know, number one book. And then the second book is A Hunger for God by John Piper. I'd really recommend it. Like you can open your phone and take a note of it because anything I'm going to say, he talks about in way more detail and there's way more to fasting than um, than anything like than just what I have in here. So I really recommend reading that, A Hunger for God by John Piper. So yeah, I just want to talk about what Christian fasting is specifically. And I think we can sum it up in this phrase. Christian fasting is we fast for more of God. We go without something in order to express and increase within us a hunger and a desire for God above everything else in our life. So we fast for more of God. And I come to this conclusion about it being fasting for more of God because of what Jesus says in Luke 14. I don't have enough time to go through it in depth, but it's about when Jesus talks about the new wine and the old wine skin. It's that passage that nobody really is really too sure what it's about, uh, me included, until I did some research into it. And it's about how now that Jesus has come to this earth, we like fasting changes. Fasting has changed. In the Old Testament, fasting was done as kind of a mourning practice, or when you're brokenhearted, you'll fast. Or you, you know, like it's a really sad, it is a sad and kind of miserable practice in the Old Testament. But Jesus says, there's new wine here. Now that I've come to this earth, there's new wine, and it can, it's not the same as the old wine and the old wineskin. So it's now based off of, we know Jesus. It's based off of us having a relationship with Jesus, being filled with the presence of Jesus, tasting and seeing that he is good in our own lives and our own hearts, and then wanting more of him and wanting to experience him more in our lives, in different areas of our life. 
And so the question then is, before anything else about fasting, is do we want to know God better? Do we want to know God better? In grade nine, I remember I was sitting on my, uh, I was sitting in my bed. I was, I think I was like reading or just praying. I was like, closing my eyes and, and I had the most incredible experience like with the Lord. I was sitting there, my eyes closed, and it was like all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like I, the best way I can describe it is that a layer was peeled back from my eyes and I was just overwhelmed by the glory and the beauty and the power and majesty of the Lord. It was like, I was talking to somebody after the first service, it was like every single question I could ever give to God about like, how come, how come you've done this? Or how can you be real? Or anything like that. It was like, in this moment, every single question was like, yes, God, you're real. And you can answer every single question of mine, every doubt that I have. It was overwhelming. I was, I was just like, started crying and it was just an overwhelming experience. And, and my, like, and I confess, like, my, what I do is I so often just, I become underwhelmed by God. I become just, I become used to him. And I don't read what the Bible says about him and, and become, like, just in awe of him. I'm, I, I miss out on so much. And I'm sure that I'm not the only person here who thinks that. Like, when we read the stories in the Bible, like what God has done and who he is, there's no way that we should just, like, well, we do, but we shouldn't just pass by it and just be okay with it, you know? Like, that is something that should make us want to go and learn more about God. Like, when I read this verse in Psalm 29, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders, the Lord over many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. And then Revelation 5, And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in him. So everything in creation, everything is saying to this God, to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. This God is so much more than we could ever comprehend him to be. He's so much more glorious and beautiful and loving and kind and compassionate and powerful and able than we could ever know. And so the question is, like, do we want to know that God more? And if we do, we will fast. If we want to know this loving, holy, powerful God more, we will fast. If we want to know him more and more and more than anything else in our life, we will fast. I know it's a bold statement. I was really wrestling with it this week. Like, how does fasting have anything to do with knowing this God more? This beautiful, powerful God more. And one of the things that fasting is all about is is giving up a good thing in your life. It's not getting rid of uh, bad things or like things that you already hate. So when I was younger, I was like, oh, I'll give up peanut butter because I didn't like peanut butter. Like that's not how it works. I love peanut butter now. I've changed, obviously. Um, but it's giving up a good thing. It's giving up something like your cup of coffee in the morning. It's giving up something like watching sports on Saturday morning with your family. It's giving up something like your TV for a night or your computer or your video games or your hobbies or a day of work, and when you take a day of Sabbath, like we've been talking about, it's giving something good up. 
so that we could know God more. Fasting reveals the small things that take up a lot of room in our hearts and that don't leave any room for the great things. And so this verse is something I've been thinking about a lot. Paul is talking about whether eating food or not eating food, all things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. And fasting reveals the things that we are dominated by, the things that have a hold on us that, I think the best way of looking at it is, how, what would we think of, like, how do we feel if we didn't have that thing for a period of time? If I didn't have my cup of coffee this morning, like, if I missed it for a specific reason, I'll get to that later, would I immediately just be really upset about it? And really just like, man, oh, I wanted that, you know? And like Saturday morning for me, my favorite, my favorite thing in the world to do is Saturday morning with the family, with my girlfriend, watching soccer with a cup of coffee. Like that is just, oh, it hits everything, you know? If the thought of giving that up for me, I'm like, I don't want to do that, you know? I want to, I want to spend time watching this game that I love with the people I love. And, but it's become more than just like a good thing for me to do and something fun. It's become something that's actually like I'm controlled by that thing. I'm dominated by actually I have to do that thing. You know, does that make sense? Like anything in us that we go, oh, I'd hate to go without that. That is something that we're dominated by. And I want to just preface like fasting and giving something good up doesn't mean that you have to give that good thing up forever. Like, God doesn't want you to not enjoy your life and not enjoy the good gifts he's given us, like soccer and TV and food and all that stuff. It's just for a period of time going, God, I want you more than I want this thing. I want to know you more than I want to know this thing. I want to experience you in my life more than I want to experience that thing in my life. And then after a period of time, I was saying to my girlfriend this morning, after a period of time, we can now put that thing back into our life and go, I can enjoy that from the right heart-like position. We enjoy it because we enjoy the person that it's reflecting more. Like any good that we see in the gifts that he's given us, anything joyful and, and, and perfect and beautiful in the good gifts he's given us, is just a reflection of who he is. And sometimes we flip it around and we think that the gifts are better than the giver. But fasting is going, no, I want the giver more than I want the gifts. So when we give these things up for a time, we realize just how much more worthy of our attention and affection he is than anything else in our life. If we want him, we will fast. Because fasting reorients our priorities and our desires towards God. One beautiful thing that, that fasting does is it connects our bodies with our souls and with our hearts and with our mind. And I was talking to Lyndon earlier this week, Lyndon Thomas, that that our, our walk in our relationship with God is not just a heart thing. It's not just a mind thing. Like, I'm going to obey this, or, you know, it's our, or a place of, like, just singing, like, worship songs. And, like, it's, it's everything together. It's our body, our heart, our mind, our soul, our strength, everything working together. That's our relationship with God. And so our bodies can do things that our souls then respond to. And I think a good way to, to think about this, like for a Christian, is when we worship and we lift our hands in worship, which is like, 
you know, unheard of. Like, it's, you know, what if people, you know, what if people think about me? Like, I never do it. If I do it, I do it at the back because it's, you know. But as soon as I lift my hands up in worship, as soon as I just lay it out before God, I'm like, okay, God, I don't care what other people think. I'll stand in the middle of a room and I'll praise you. I'll lift my hands up. Our souls immediately respond with like, oh, yeah, I don't care. You know, I'm just going to worship. Our souls respond to what our body does. And the same with communion. When we take communion like we will later, and we're eating something that represents Jesus' body on the cross for us, and we're drinking something that represents his blood poured out for the forgiveness of our sins, we're going, our souls respond to it and go, oh yes, God, and it helps us move our mind off of, off of anything else and on to him. So we can do things with our, with our body that our souls respond to, and that draw us closer to the Lord. And there's something about just laying out before God through fasting, like how desperate we are for him. And when we come near to him, when we say to him that, God, I want you, I desperately want you, and I'll give up anything that that takes or could take my attention and my affection away from you. I'll give it up for a period of time so I could see you more, so I can experience you more, so I can know you more. When we come near to God in that way, he will come near to us. That's a promise. If we come near to God, he will come near to you. So this God that's holy and beautiful and glorious and loving, if we draw near to him through something like fasting, and we say, God, I want you more than I want that thing, he will come near to us and we'll know him more. We'll experience him more. We'll know his heart more. We'll see his words differently. We'll, his Holy Spirit in us, will work in us so that we can have a deeper, more intimate relationship with the God of the universe. Come near to God and he will come near to you. And so we fast so that we can know more of God, so that we can experience him more in our own hearts, and our own lives. We fast so that we can reveal the things in our life that we're maybe dominated by or something that has too much of a hold on us that take our attention away from him. And we can also fast because we want to see change in our life. Like there's something in our lives that we are, that we need, we need God to move in. And we want to experience his power in. So this can look like if, you know, somebody's uh, sick, we can fast and say to God, God, desperately more than, I want you more than anything. I want you to move in this. And I'm showing you and I'm expressing how earnestly and desperately I want you to heal this person or heal me. If there's something in our life, like if we're constantly just riddled with fear and anxiety, we can take, we can fast something and say, God, this much, I want this area of my life to be flooded with your presence and with your power. I want you to work through it. And we're saying to God, I desperately want you. I'm coming near to God that he will come near to us so that we can know him and see him in our lives. If we need leading and guidance, and I was talking to the Eliasons who are moving to Calgary, which is so sad, but they're doing it in such an amazing way. Like they're praying through every decision, and they're saying this week we're going to fast so that we can have God's guidance and leadership about where we're going to move to or about getting a house. Like we can pray and fast and express our, our longing for God to to guide us and to lead us and to help us and provide for us. John Piper puts it like this. We want to see people healed. 
We want to see people saved. We want to see marriages redeemed. We ache and we long for this to happen. Therefore, we ask Jesus to come by putting this exclamation point, fasting, this exclamation point at the end of longing, at the end of our desires. So we're using fasting as a way to express, God, we want to see this happen. And we believe that this would glorify you if this happened. So please make it happen. We want more of you and we want that experience of him more than anything else in our life. So we fast to express how desperate we are to experience God in specific areas of our life. And it's not a guarantee, like, if we fast something, like, that that thing will happen. It's the same as if just praying and worshiping. Like, just because we pray for something doesn't mean that God will absolutely bring that thing about. But it's just, it's a comforting thing to know that Maybe this is something that God will use to, to bring about this thing that I, I need or that I really want in my life. And if not, I get more of him anyway. And he is more important than, than getting what I want or what I need. If I have him, I have everything I need. And fasting is us saying, God, I want you. I need you. And I trust that you're in control. So that even if the thing doesn't come about that we're fasting for, like we can know God more and we can trust that he's in control. And in all of this, we can't just do it ourselves. We need the Holy Spirit. I am, well, I've already talked, like in the first sermon, I talked about coffee so much. Like it was like, if, if I was just by, if I didn't have the Holy Spirit in this, I would just be, oh, it would be awful. I, we need the Holy Spirit to help us. Even in little things like, God, I'm giving up coffee today. Please help me to not be a pain to the people around me. And he'll help us. Like, seriously, he will. And he gives us a humility and an awe and a boldness. And he fills us with his love and power and conviction. Like, we can know God more and we can fast because the Holy Spirit is in us and he helps us do it. We can know him more because he is with us and he loves when we come near to him, when we seek his face. And I'll talk about it in a second. Like, we fail at fasting. I tried fasting this week, and Monday was like, I gave up lunch, and it was awesome. I felt so close to the Lord, and it was a big day for me, actually. I was praying a lot about a lot of things, and it was awesome. I did it on Tuesday, and it was just like, it was so lame. I just gave up fasting, or I gave up my lunch again, and it just wasn't, it wasn't nearly the same experience. Like, it can vary, and it can be different, but God loves when we try. God loves when we put the effort in, in God and say, God, I'm just going to try this new thing so that I can know you more, or so that I can see you move in my life more. I'm going to give it a go, and if it doesn't work, or, you know, I'll try it again, and I know that, I know, like, and you can know that he loves you, and that you can know that he's with you in it, and that he's helping you in it. And so practically, what does this look like then? Well, the first thing is think about something that you might be dominated by or something that might have too much of a hold on you. So for me, obviously, it's coffee. It can also be sports. But it can also be like if you have a hobby or you want to go hunting or it could be maybe you're, you, all you think about during your day is that glass of wine at the end of the day when you get home. Maybe there's something that's just like, oh, okay, I think that has too big of a part in my life. 
And I need to take it out so that I can remind myself that God is greater than that thing. The giver is greater than the gift. I want him more than I want my glass of wine at the end of the day. I want him more than I want a cup of coffee in the morning. I want him more than I want to go hunting or go golfing. And, and I need to just make sure that nothing in my life has a hold on me. And so think about what that can be. And then after you've done that, oh, here we go. Oh, no. David, could you just go to the next slide for me? Uh, think about a way to fast from it. So think about something you're, you're maybe dominated by or think you have a hold on you or, or your phone, social media. That's a big one. Like, think about that thing and then think about a way to fast from it. Can you, and for food, can you go without lunch once this week? If it's coffee, can you go a day without coffee? If it's your social media, can you not go on social media when you get home from work or your TV when you get home from work? Like, choose something, and it doesn't have to be, like, a big thing. There's no way you're going to go from no fasting to 40 days of not eating something, you know? It's, you just won't, you either won't be able to do it, or it'll just, it'll be way too much and way too hard. Like, you have to build yourself up, just like any other discipline, right? And that's what we're doing, spiritual disciplines. You just have to, you have to be gracious to yourself and slowly build up something. So start small, like, start with a lunch. Start with getting rid of your coffee for a day. Or just going down to one cup of coffee a day. Something like that. Like, just start small. And then the most important thing to do when we're fasting is to choose a reason that you're fasting. So for me on Monday, I kind of, I was like, I'll give up my lunch. And, and I was honestly just really, I'm just going to try to think about God. Every time I think about lunch, I'm just going to think about God and how I want more of him. And I was shocked at how often I thought about lunch on Monday. I thought about the different soups I could get. Like, maybe I'll have toast. I haven't had a bowl of cereal in a while. Like, you just start to go, and you're like, no, wait, wait, wait. I, God, I want you more than I want that thing. So there has to be a purpose behind your fasting. Or else you end up just feeling frustrated by it. So is your purpose just, you want to, like for the first time, maybe it's just, you want to see what it's like and see what your heart brings to the surface. See what this Holy Spirit shows you. Maybe it's, you want to fast specifically about healing for somebody. You want to fast specifically for guidance in your life. You want to fast specifically so that somebody could be saved or that this city could be revived or, or anything. You just choose something. And every time that you either think about that thing or you set times aside for prayer, which is a huge important thing to do, I think, or at least for me, like if I give up lunch, spend that half hour instead like praying. If you give up your phone, like, just take the little moments throughout the day that you can. Just be like, God, I'm giving up my phone. I'm not going to go on my phone on my break. I'm just going to be with you. I'm going to think about you. I'm going to remind myself that I want more of you and less of these things. And so I think times of prayer is a huge, huge thing. And, and that doesn't mean that you have to, like, neglect the people in your life for that kind of thing. And I know what I was saying, like with soccer, and it's a great time with family. So you have to, you have to just like, yeah, be gracious to yourself. You know, it's a good thing. But just make sure that um, it's not like, it's, it's something that doesn't take you away from the good things in your life that you're not fasting for, from, if that makes sense. Like if I'm fasting from soccer, and I say to my family, like, I'm not going to watch soccer from now until the end of the season. Like, 
that's a great family time that I'm just saying, you know. And it, so it affects them, and it, like, it'll hurt them because they're going, well, we want to spend time with you. That's a good thing. And so just to do something for a time and then to go back to it and be like, okay, I can enjoy this in the right way, you know. And so then be easy on yourself, as I've already said, and just, just try it. Just try it. Give it a go. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a hard, the first time you do it, you'll feel it's like, it's pretty difficult. It's a discipline, right? And especially if you give up food or coffee. Really difficult, you know? So you just have to be, just, okay, well, today it didn't go well, or today it was awesome. I'm going to try it again next week, and maybe it's different next week. You just got to keep trying. Just like with everything else in our Christian life, like Sabbath or meditation or memorization, like if it doesn't go well one time, that doesn't mean that it doesn't work. Or it doesn't mean that it's not useful or helpful for you. Maybe it's something that you need to build up and figure out what works best for you. And so that's something I've been thinking about lots this week. Like I gave up lunch on my Monday. I tried to give it again, up again on Tuesday, and it didn't feel, you know, it didn't feel the same, like I had the same weight to it. So I was like, well, maybe I just give up lunch once a week. So that once a week, I know that my heart's in the right place and that that'll set me up for the rest of the week. I just wanted to, the biggest thing about fasting, ultimately, is that we fast for more of God. And in order to understand how good of a gift fasting is, we have to just remind ourselves of who God is. And so I encourage you this week, if you fast, to really spend some time, either beforehand or during your fast, to remind yourself of what the Bible says God is like and what he's done and what Jesus has done for us on the cross and how he's forgiven us from our sins and saved us from death, saved us from hell, that we have eternal life. Like, remind yourself of, of who he is. So that when you fast, you're in already in a place of, oh God, like my desires for you. And personally, like my desires for him are so weak sometimes. I'm so underwhelmed. God, remind me who you are. Remind me of your power. Remind me of your love, your great love. So remind yourself with the Holy Spirit's help of who God is. And then just try it. Just give it your best effort. Think about something and, and just go for it. And if it, if it fails, God loves you. And he wants you to keep coming back to him. Come near to him, and he will come near to you. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to do communion afterwards. And so I encourage you guys, just as we close our eyes, we just want to come before the God who Revelation talks about everybody and every creature is going to cry out to him, Worthy is the Lamb, the one on the throne. Holy, holy, holy is he who was and is and is to come. And that's the God we're coming before now. So Jesus, we, we love you and we just thank you for who you are, God. And we confess, I confess, just how little we desire you sometimes. How underwhelmed we are by you, Jesus. And God, I just, I pray that you would open our eyes to see you high and lifted up. To see your love, to, 
that the scriptures that we read throughout the week will just jump out to us, God, and that we would have times of just being overwhelmed by your glory, overwhelmed by your love, what you've done on the cross for us. That you came to earth as a human, an infinite God coming to earth in the same form that we take, and that you came so that we could have life, that you came so that we could be free from our sin. God, remind us of this this week. And I pray, Father, that for everybody in this room, that they would feel no condemnation if they haven't fasted before, God. But that they would feel encouraged to draw closer to you and to use fasting alongside prayer and worship as a way to know you more. God, in anything that I missed or anything today, Father, I pray that you would just, yeah, that you would draw close and and teach every one of us here more about you, more about fasting and more about your heart, God. We just want more of you. And as we come to communion, I pray that you prepare our hearts, that we would examine ourselves and, yeah, God, that we would come before you humbly and in awe of you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.